people want to believe. We just tell each other, just read the Bible. But what happens when it isn't so easy to understand? This is No God. You are listening to the No God Podcast. I am Micah, and I am here today with my dad and mom, Tony and Sandy. Yeah. Hello, Micah. <laughs> I like to keep them on their toes, say it in different orders, so they don't know which one I'm going to do. That way we don't feel like we're the favorite parent either. Oh. You know? No, I thought maybe you forgot we were his parents or something. <laughs> Hi, Micah. <laughs> <laughs> so, any highlights of the week for you guys today? Highlights of the week. Um, Lots of work in our backyard. Yep. Which is, this is June, early, you know, first half of June, and it's like time to wrap up those setup type projects. You know, mm-hmm. reorganize, reset, that kind of thing. And so we added just a little extension, technically 17.4 square goodness. feet of patio. Point four. Yeah. Well, I figured it out. Yes, I figured it out a few days ago. Um, which is nice little increase of space, um, so that we can, so that I can grill without standing in the grass. That's, you know, cause we still use the old fashioned little, you're the charcoal grill. Well, charcoal yeah, grill. I would say it's more of the purest. I yes. technically am using the wood of the earth to make my food, not charcoal. Yeah. Charcoal. Is it real charcoal or is it synthetic? No, charcoal? no, it's okay. charcoal. I didn't know. Kingsford. Kingsford. Not, I'm not paid to advertise Kingsford, but the history of <laughs> the history of commercial the history of commercial charcoal. Oh my goodness, I made a mistake. Henry Ford Henry Ford had all this extra wood from their construction of automobiles. And so somebody came up with, maybe he did, that well, we can turn it into charcoal because they already had the burning equipment there at their plant and so they created what became the kingsford ford king's ford oh my goodness charcoal brand came from the ford motor company because they had all this wood that they wanted to not waste well there we go everyone out there like me is thinking what in the deuce does he where does he read this stuff Don't you ever read the back of a package? No, I... <laughs> no, not very often. Not. Well, I do if it's food. If I'm going to be putting it in my body, I like to see what's in there. But <clears throat> Yeah, same difference. It's the heat coming off of something that's going, putting molecules onto your food that's going into your body. So I'm very concerned. Oh, well, I'm glad you're concerned. I won't worry about it then. I will just say, though, I wow. only buy Kingsford Ford when it's appropriately priced compared to the competitors. Well, um, I just follow in the ways of Hank Hill and use good old propane. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an element from the earth as well. I mean, you know, it's a car- compound. Yes. Carbon-based compound. Yeah. So, <laughs> segue. Oh, yeah. I thought this is what... I thought we were already on topic. Oh, what is the topic? Well, propane? The to- <laughs> no. How the, to burn things. The, the topic... Well, there's this... You know, kind of misconception that nature has little to do with Christian spirituality, or right. that, and in particular, not just nature, because everybody likes a good nature walk in June in North America. Um, well, I'm not going to say mean, everybody. Okay. Yeah, but everybody. I'll just go ahead and say it because it's it. People will go, yeah, whatever you think. Everybody should enjoy a good nature walk, but we don't all. So we're going to talk. We want to talk about. Things that we become more aware of in the spring, dirt, 
dust, soil, planting, planting, yeah, pollen, which comes from the growing things. So we want to just talk about how we can uh, just be in our elements, Mm -hmm. elements in particular, and experience God to know him better. And okay. so that's kind of the, the emphasis. We, we've done some podcasts on mindfulness. And so this is going to, um, in a sense, you'll hear some of that. But the, the, really the point is to just reaffirm where we are as human beings mm-hmm. in this universe that we dwell in. All right. Let's jump in. Okay. So in Genesis chapter 2, verses 4 to 5... And I'm going to read, I'm going to, in this particular front part of our podcast, I'm going to make sure I say which translation I'm using because there's some reasons for that. So in the NIV, Genesis 2, 7 says, then the Lord God, whoops, excuse me. I was going to read two, four to five first out of the NIV. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. So Genesis 1 has kind of the big overview of the days of creation. And then Genesis 2 goes more specifically into the creation of human beings. So it goes, verse 4, this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, uh, no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. And then, verse 7, the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now, one of the things I like to do on this podcast is to remind people to just use the tools that are in front of you. You don't have to be a Hebrew or Greek scholar Mm -hmm. to gain these insights. And so in the NIV, and that's not even the study study Bible version, which is a bigger Bible, it is just straightforward, the one that you would find on a digital Bible form. Mm -hmm. Look at the footnote on the word man in this particular case in the NIV. There's a little in there's a footnote there and in digital form you can just hover over it and click it and there you go. You see the footnote in paper edition you're going to have to find the footnote at the bottom of the page. But the footnote on this word man included by the translators mm-hmm. which is a group lots of people doing this is their this is their footnote. The Hebrew for man Adam sounds like and may be related to the Hebrew for ground, Adama. It also becomes the name of the male man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't even think about that ahead of time. <laughs> the the M A L E man, and he is called Adam in the Bible later in verse 20. And in fact, let me just read that section really quick. For Adam, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and brought her to the man. And so in the um, complete Jewish Bible, which is a translation that's done by one person. So like NIV is a committee, a large right. group and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, in the, the I kind of have uh, grabbed a hold of what this guy thought about it. And he just, in verse 18, he says, Now Adonai God said, it isn't good that the person should be alone. I will make for him a companion suitable for helping him. Verse 19. So from the ground, Adonai God formed every wild animal. So from the ground... Every animal and every bird that flies in the air, he brought them to the person 
to see what he would call them. So instead of saying to the man, this guy uses person, whatever the person would call each living creature, that was its name. So the person gave names to all the livestock, the birds, the air, and to every wild animal. But for Adam, Adam, there was not found a companion suitable for helping him. By the way, at this point, Adam is still just a one-person race. Right. And technically no gender. Then, verse 21, I'm reading still from this complete Jewish Bible. Then God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the person, and while he was sleeping, he took one of his ribs, closed up the place from which he took it with flesh. The rib, which Adonai God had taken from the person, he made a woman person, hyphenated, this translator uses, and he brought her to the man person. This begins to help us to see how challenging it is to to translate for an, for English readers mm-hmm. this passage. The man person said at last, bone from my bone, flesh from my flesh. She's to be called woman because she is taken out of man. And there are footnotes there. Footnotes. And so we go from the the mankind word, Adam, to now ish and isha. And <clears throat> those are Hebrew words. Isha is the word for female woman. Ish is the word for male. And so then throughout the Hebrew scriptures, you have this use of these words, Adam. And Eve becomes her name because it means living. So Adam's name, think about this. Adam's name means dirt. Eve's name means living or biology. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we can, we can, I think we can go there with that. And then you have the Ish and the Isha. So there's the gender part. So all of this to say, what are we hearing in there? We're made from dirt. Mm-hmm. And then dirt that comes to life so even the plants and the animals came out of the dirt, and then obviously they became alive. They became biological, and the same thing for human beings, the same thing. Um, so then Kenneth Taylor, who back in the 60s and 70s translated what came to be known as the Living Bible, and still has been revised, I think at least once or updated once, but Kenneth Taylor included this note about from the dust of the ground. And so even Kenneth Taylor, you know, which the Living Bible was like the psychedelic Bible, the uh, hippie Bible. Was it the one that had the little funny pictures in it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, not the stick drawings, but oh. actual actual photographs. Oh, that, it, it, there was the picture of the kid with the opium. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't remember why that was there. Yeah. Um, good trivia question. We'll we'll let that one go by for for now. <laughs> Uh, Kenneth Taylor, and so again, I'm, I want to enforce to people that are listening, mm-hmm. just use the tools that are in front of you. Because I was using a digital edition of the Living Bible. <clears throat> There's a footnote. You look at the footnote and look at this interesting thing that Kenneth Taylor has, which really is relevant to what we're talking about today. Included in that note, it says, from the dust of the ground, little a for a footnote. And then he says, this is from a lump of soil or from clods in the earth or from a clod of clay. And so you can think about, to remember this, you go, oh, so Adam was made from a clod, C-L-O-D, and his name actually is Claude, C-L-A-U-D, if we wanted to use English alliterations. <laughs> so Claude made from a clod. <laughs> I like Adam better. <laughs> you like Adam better. 
But Adam is just a transliteration of the sound of the Hebrew word. Right. But actually, Claude, I'm not, and honestly, I don't know what the English name Claude actually means. Right, 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 right. But uh, so all of that is kind of lighthearted and fun, but I really think it's important. And it's really what I feel like can springboard us into uh, thinking about nature and, and elements around us. And so let's notice this very clear statement. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground or a person. Humans are not spirits who happen to have a body. We were started with a body and then we also were created spirit put together. And so in Hebrew, in our English translation of the Hebrew, it says, so then God took, formed a person from the dust of the earth or from the, 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 the stuff, the clod. And then he breathed into him the breath of life, which isn't part of God. It's something separate from God. It's a created thing of God that then is a spirit, spiritual nature. It mm-hmm. goes into this material, physical, elemental nature, and that becomes human beings. And I would say then at that point, Genesis 2 becomes a really important interpretive key for everything else in the Bible, which is by nature, human beings are both physical and spiritual creatures. We are elements and we are spirit. And if I remember right, we have a podcast on that. We do. That we we'll do. put in the description, link in the description we can of do this that. one. Yes, we'll definitely do that. So the reason that we kind of recap that in this podcast, plus add those great, just an encouragement to always look, to look at your footnotes if you're digging into a passage. Yeah. Now, if you're just reading it, you know, but there's times you go, oh, what is all this? Look at those footnotes. Take a look and see what it's saying. So, actually, so we are body, breath creatures, if you want to use, mm-hmm. but body, spirit. And so, kind of it's an important piece of theology about human beings. Uh, and so, I'd put this at number two of maybe top ten teachings about human beings, about people. For those who ever who went to a church or go to churches that have catechism, mm-hmm. which is just a just a systematized method of teaching doctrine, I would suggest this because I went to a church that had catechism as a little kid, and the first one was because it's a question and answer format. So, first question in the catechism: Who made me? God made me. That was easy one to learn. (laughs) (laughs) Then I would suggest, instead of the usual number two, that this would be number two. What did God make me? God made me from elements and from his breath. And we assume that later, it goes further back into a catechism, typically in churches. But if we could just get that up front, it might really help us to know. Because we say, who made us? So what am I? And then it goes on to the other things. So why? Why did God make me? And it is, paraphrasing, God made me to do good and to experience happiness forever. That's the catechism that I learned, paraphrased. So with that in mind now, I think we can ask, we can kind of ask this question, how can I really fully live aware of, mindful of, celebrating my place and connection to the natural elements. And I think that it depends on a person's 
interests and temperament and stuff. But we're creating this podcast in June, but we can kind of think through even the whole four seasons that the world experiences. And in some places, it's more of one than the other, uh, or some are actually not experienced, like true freezing winter is not experienced along the equator, except on very high mountaintops. Mm. Um, and so as we think about this fundamental nature of human beings, it gives, it gives us the opportunity to have some insights. How can we do this? And so um, I want to just kind of have this discussion with us, just what comes to our minds as far as what we've recently been doing, what we do through our lifetime, things that we enjoy doing that are more nature. And so to just kind of give us a place to start, I think about the connection that we have with mineral type experience, soil, landscapes, the earth. And so I think about that I'm happy, or I am extremely happy. I wouldn't say happiest, happy, happiest necessarily. But I would say that when I am tending the soil, that I experience a lot of connectedness and peace, just kind of a, a, a wholeness within myself. And anybody that knows me very well, especially my family members, know that there's 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 Tony yeah. dad out there digging in the dirt <laughs> so if we think about our <clears throat> connections to nature and i think about soil mm-hmm. and for myself um i think it's it's got to have a lot to do with just my upbringing the opportunity that i had growing up on a farm where then i just was really drawn to field work Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, this was mechanized field work with the tractor, and even our gardening initial field work was plow it with tractor power, then rototill it. So there's you know a gasoline engine running to pulverize it. But then once we got to that point, then it was other tools, hose, rakes. But then to get down on your hands and knees and to begin to um, put those seeds into the ground or transplant plants. For me, that is like, I feel like I'm at, I'm spo- I am doing what I was designed to do. It's not the only thing I was designed to do, but it, it reminds me of, and, and again, my own uh, church and religious and spiritual upbringing. I know that I'm, this is the same stuff as me. I mean, there's a certain amount of me that is the same as what I'm doing with it here in the soil, which makes total sense and stuff grows out of it and we eat it and it goes into us. (laughs) Where does that, it's the dirt. It's the minerals in the dirt and the water. Yeah. Because so much of it is water. So I'm just curious that we could just kind of jump in on this conversation. Just think about, first of all, in this this category of, of actual elements like minerals and all the compounds that come from the elements in and such, if there's something that is particularly um, enjoyable for anybody else sitting here at the table. Well, I enjoy the process of planting the stuff we plant in our garden, the flowers and all. And then picking the produce, that's always an enjoyable thing. Um, and then I like swooping in and eating it. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think I get into the it as much as you do from you know being a farm boy yeah but um yeah i think for me the 
just going in line of this, for me, the most enjoyable part is then using things that, especially when you get the fresh ones that you grow, like the basil and oregano and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, and then being able to form that into foods that have very interesting you know, flavor combinations. Yes, Micah likes to experiment with making different I have a items. very large spice cabinet. <laughs> well, and, and we enjoy growing, and we enjoy growing a lot of herbs, um, the ones that we can grow around here, and we continue to try to expand that just because we enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, and it is, you know, it's significant and there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of, I don't necessarily want us to get into a, something that we're not really prepared to talk about, yep, but yep. all of the health benefits of this kind of approach. Right. To, but still it is, because I'm talking more about how it yeah. is for our experience mm -hmm. in that. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I think um, adjacent, but not exactly, um, just... For those of you who don't know, my dad used to drag me and my brother up into the Rocky Mountains once a year to backpack. And that's not like camping. That's like you pack everything up. You go you carry it on your miles back. up into the mountains with everything on your back. And uh, that, as excruciating as it could be, was kind of where I really... You and Uncle Joe taught me to really appreciate nature and just the... When you're able to like get isolated in it, um, and for me, the probably one of the most I don't know intimate experiences in nature for me was always surfing, and that's what I really loved, which I miss now because there's not an ocean in Nebraska for those of you who don't know. Um, <laughs> but just feeling the ocean and just the ebb and flow of it, and just kind of moving with it and learning to move on top of it, I mean that was always very calming and uh, relaxing for me as well as exciting when you actually are surfing. Huh. Yeah. Well, and we don't have to... <clears throat> we're expanding now from just the the mineral type elements yeah. to water and all of the things that water can carry yeah. with it. Well, yeah, and then with that, like especially the ocean, like the, the salt water just has a very different feeling than like in a lake. And just the, uh, the feel of it on your skin, the smell of it is a very different experience. And so, for me, when I'm, there's kind of two, well, there's a couple, you know, probably more than two, but I can think of a couple different modes that I get into when I'm gardening. Mm -hmm. And this was true also when I was a kid helping with farm work and working with animals. But um, is I'm, I have time to really be in this moment versus I got to get this done because I've got so much more to do right. kind of thing. And for me, I garden as a hobby, but in the growing season, um, it ends up being something that contributes a little bit to our table. Not a ton, not a bunch, but it is a little bit. But for me, it's like even just, you know, feeling the consistency of soils. And so as a kid uh, in my farm, in the farm work, in the, in the, my first experience of it was the family farm, which was a little more than a mile wide, deep, and, and so forth. And so we plowed various fields. It was, they were divided up. And so like from the south end of the farm to the north end of the farm was a different consistency of soil. Mm -hmm. And people who, mm -hmm. are, who are like county extension agents and people who are agronomists all know about this kind of stuff. But for me, I didn't, I didn't know it in the sense of a classroom scientific uh, 
you know, categorization thing. For me, it was just the awareness that if I step off of the tractor and uh, you know, put my hand down in the soil, which sometimes I did just because, mm-hmm. and then I learned from my uncles when I farmed with them as a teenager, that that's how they checked like depth of moisture when they were working a field. And of course, now farming techniques have changed even more so from that era. But, you know, so, so putting your hand in there, it, it has created in me an awareness of that I can, I don't even have to have words mm-hmm. to, to know the difference between types of soils. And I'm not educated in that field. But as I farm here on my little tiny patch <laughs> in the backyard. suburban northwest uh, Omaha, um, the I'm working to take really tightly compact clayish type soil mm-hmm. and turning it into loamy clay. Yeah. And from year to year, I have that experience that I'm moving that direction through using mm-hmm. composting system. Mm-hmm. And also then I just have, and you know, and it, you could, it doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but I'm trying to help other people to think about who are listening to the podcast. So what is it for you? But for me, it's like I'm intimately, I intimately know the soil mm-hmm. on my little plot, and I like that. Yeah, it gives me a sense of connectedness, and it gives me a sense of purpose as a as a investor and caretaker in that soil, not just a financial investment, but rather that I'm doing something that is core to my nature yeah. as a physical being. So I would encourage people to think about that. <clears throat> is what is the things you connect with? So we've been talking about soils. We've, met, we've talked about water. We could do. We could talk about other examples of that. Then obviously shifts over to biology, mm-hmm. animal, plants and animals. And then it shifts or then there's the, the macro universe, the, the, the star systems and all of that. And I know that people have like hobbies. Let's just say like they're a, a, a hobby astronomer. Yeah, and they have a nice, you know, very uh, helpful telescope, very powerful mm-hmm. telescope, and so they do that, and so it makes us think about Psalm eight, where David writes, uh, "You've set your glory above the heavens, and when I look at your heavens, um, this is from the New Revised Standard Version. When I look at your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, and that you have established, what are humans?" That you that you're mindful of them, that you even think about them. Um, how do you care for us? And so it gives the experience of looking at the stars, and for me, even the experience of dealing with soil. It, it the what we're trying to encourage people to do is to pause for a moment and hear your own voice in your head, in your own soul, that says, "Wow, how, what am I in connection with all of this?" And I, that's really why we're doing this podcast is to help people, if nothing else, to just ask yourself the question, so what's my connection here? Yeah. So you mentioned the ocean. Mm-hmm. So is there, and you described that, you know, kind of introductory to us. Is there, is there any other way that you would say, even in just in retrospect now, or even at the time, what kind of actual connection or like commonality did you feel? With the ocean, did you? I feel like this should have been like 
a question ahead of time for me to think about. <laughs> I agree. Exactly. I know, and that's a little bit tough. But I this but, is a pop quiz. But this um, is, but just that you know, I think about all the things that we do together mm-hmm. because we live in proximity yes. to each other as yeah. family members, and I think this is a. I think that people would benefit from us talking a little bit about moments that we feel connected to element, elemental mm-hmm. stuff, all yeah. the way from processing foods, cooking foods, growing foods, to experiencing the the Rocky Mountains, to yep. being stargazers, whatever it is. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't know if this is where you're going, but for me, I just, I love water in general. Um, I did have trouble learning to swim. Yes, you did. But it was because it was very cold. It was very it cold. It was. He said on his side, blue. Shivering. <laughs> swimming lessons. But once I got the hang of it, and so I, like, I think surfing, one of the things that I loved about it at first was learning a different way of interacting with the water. So I had to learn how to basic swim. But now you've got currents, you've got waves and stuff like that. And just the way our bodies interact with it, it's just, it's fascinating to me. And so then I got really into swimming, learning how to teach swimming, um, and just really how little tiny movements of your body completely change the way you propel yourself through the water. Um, and so, you know, I don't get to surf anymore, but I still get to swim recreationally and I get to be in rivers and lakes around here and just the way, like the, the complicated dance of interacting with the water is just fascinating to me. And I love it. And I love experiencing it. I'm, I'm pre, I mean, I'm really glad you shared that because then what the purpose of what we want to then help people move toward is. That's an that's an amazing experience. Ask that question, and and how does this? Where's my place in this yeah. element? And so for you, you're talking about recreationally, mm-hmm. and for me, doing gardening is recreational slash a little bit but pro- productive. Yeah, productive, but even for you, you could even. I mean, again, I think that people need to be really liberal with themselves as far as hey, I'm swimming in the river, I'm exercising. Yeah, and I mean, it's productive, yeah. but it's also, it's more about being who we are to, designed to be, which is physical creatures yeah. in our elements. Yeah. Well, I think um, with swimming in particular, and, you know, there's hiking and other things that does this, but you learn a lot about your own body as well and how to control it, especially like when you tread water, you use motions you do not use on land. So you learn how to move your muscles in a whole new way. So you're not only learning about the water, you're learning about yourself. Right. Hmm. And it's interesting. So let's do a creative little uh, application of a passage in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, which says, every person should learn to control their own body. Mm. Well, Mm. so that sounds like regimen. Right. But let's take away that preconceived idea of regimen and let's talk about... you are learning about your body in the water and also learning, in essence, to control your body to do what you want to re-experience or to try out. Right, right. So I think that, I think, again, we need to embrace our physical nature. I mean, that's one of the challenges with Bible uh, translations is that we have words like world hmm. or especially the word world because a lot of the English translations will use the word world to talk about culture. Oh, Oh, yeah. That, you know, you are not to love this world. 
But that's not, we're not talking about the physical realm. We're talking about the broken, the, right. the worst expression of human culture. Right. Hmm. Like the baggage that comes with it. Yes. That, that is, you know, whatever you want to call it, infected or damaged or needs repaired, needs redeemed. Mm-hmm. But, and even this world, and again, I don't, this is not the purpose of this podcast, but um, there is a Romans 8, there is a concept metaphorically or maybe literally that even this, this earth, this world groans for the redemption of people. In other words, the, the culmination of redemption so that people quit destroying each other mm-hmm. and quit destroying the planet. Mm-hmm. Just to be specific in using things that people think about a lot right now. And so there is this redemption part. And some people have end times interpretations that say, well, we as human beings are supposed to get our act together to, in essence, bring a new revival of health to this planet. Other people say, no, it's got to be destroyed. And, I, and that, again, that's not the purpose of this podcast. Maybe we'll do that sometime. But this particular episode is about understanding there is a difference from world as culture right. and world as the earth. So again, other thoughts, just as we, because I would have thrown, you know, maybe just two or three more examples from any any one of us here about experiencing something closer to God because we are kind of embracing our element, mm-hmm. our elements. Well, I was thinking while you were talking is in the my teenage years we lived in the hills of Oklahoma, and yes, I did. yes we did. <laughs> And I loved walking through the woods, you know, and listening to the wind and stuff. I didn't love that when I got back, I had to pick ticks off of myself. But I did like being in nature that way. Um, And now I, too, love our backyard. I like to have my quiet time out there on our deck or um, we eat meals out there quite often. And just the beauty of the world and watching the birds and squirrels and whatever else um and i know through the winter i get to where i struggle i think part of my struggle with depression is i can't because i always think i can't wait to see green i need to see green you know and i just feel like that's the way god wired me or something because it's deep inside of me that um yeah i like it in the fall when the leaves are changing i like winter some things about it but i you know i am I'm yearning for green. Yeah. By the time we get past January <laughs> or into January. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So that's green is something that really quiets my soul and makes me feel connected with God. All right. Yeah. So again, that's physicality. Yeah. Because light, light mm-hmm. interacting with their eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, a couple decades ago, more than that now, I think about 30 years ago, I made a decision to cope with depression was that I would, that it would be the rare day that I didn't get outside for at least a moment and just experience whatever elements were happening. Yeah. Whether it's blazing hot or whether it's 20 degrees below zero. And even for me, even though I have to bundle up, I like... I like being out in the snow 
and shoveling snow uh, in the sense of interacting with the snow. I mean, shoveling is a job, <laughs> and sometimes it's like easy, and sometimes it's like a lot of work, and sometimes I may be in a hurry. Not so much now, but for me, it is. You know, I love the growing season elements tremendously. Yeah. But I learned a long time ago that I also needed to embrace the off-season elements in order to be, mm-hmm. and not just to be mentally healthy, which is a good thing. I mean, that's a, that's a great strategy. But also to connect with God in that aspect of my element. That it's frozen water, that it's the air's crisp, and which for me, besides my gardening, a great refresher for me is to get outside when the wind is blowing. That is a refreshing, I mean, even if the wind is blowing really hard. <laughs> as long as it's not, even if it's carrying dirt, as long as I, and then I put my back, I mean, I'm just kind of going to the extremes yeah. here because we think about all of the perfect moments, which yeah. I love too. But even a moment that where the power of the dirt is blowing against, because we're talking high plains here now. Yeah. Um, it's, I, it's not verbal for me. It is in essence that I'm a part of this, you know, it's not like I'm a rock. I'm not going to get blown over. It is that this is just the awesomeness of the power that is also created me and flows in me as far as just being a living organism and even just being part of the physics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I know it sounds a little, whatever, out. Out, out there but you know so for me dirt and wind <laughs> dirt and wind huh? guess where I grew up no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you loved it the first day when we were moving into this house as soon as we shut the garage door a huge dirt windstorm came blowing well, through and do you remember it also had hail oh, yes wow. hail okay so it was the, like whoa okay but that's a great I, I am glad you brought that up because many times when we're expl- experiencing nature We'd like to have that idyllic moment of, yeah. oh, I feel one with God, I feel one with the elements. And instead, what was happening on that day that we moved in was, one, I was I was getting more and more stressed because I wanted to get everything at least in the house and in the garage and the doors shut before yeah, the storm because you could see it coming. Could see it coming. And then, and it, this is just part of Sandy's in my history, 2008, that's when we moved in to this house, which we still are in. And it was the very first house that we ever owned, except if we discount the fact that we owned a trailer home for 18 months when we were first married. <laughs> oh, that's, yes, right, right. But I, I kind of more consider that a nailed-down RV. Um, <laughs> and so the tension was, I loved, it, I loved experience elements, but now I'm talking about, oh, no, this is my investment if the hail damage on this house, I'll have yeah. a hassle of insurance. I'll have to replant plants, and so th- isn't that what disturbs our sense of connection? Mm. So for yeah. me, it was fear, and and then the stress of getting moved in. Yeah, yeah. Well, and my I didn't think about that. My thought was, and I think I actually verbalized it. Great, we're moving into the first house we're, we've owned, and it's going to get blown down. <laughs> <laughs> Always go to the worst. Does that sound like Sandy Kafka? <laughs> so all of this stuff, let's use the, the yeah. swirling around us now, is how do we actually have, make it a moment that is an awe, awesome connection to our creator and also to our, 
the rest of the creation that we're a part of. How do we, you know, how can we encourage other people to do that? Well, I know for myself, I have to be at peace knowing that whatever God's in control and be growing in that so that, you know, a storm like that happens and it's, okay, God, I just trust you to take care of us and what's going to, whatever happens that we'll get through it with your help. Yeah. So we'd love to hear other people's ideas, but Mm -hmm. before we conclude this podcast, I just want to throw one more thing out at everybody. And that is that this, this uh, is obvious for people who attend church, who have been parts of church, part of church, life church, any church, excuse me, is there are two things that are in common with most, almost every Christian denomination and sect and so forth. And that is what some deem sacraments, others call ordinances. But there are two, because there's a various numbers of those that are accepted by different groups. But there are two that are in common. Okay. Baptism and communion. Now let's pause a moment and think about the actual aspects of that. Baptism is being in touch with, immersed, or in some traditions, sprinkled or water, water poured on H2O as part of a spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then communion is going to the biology side, and in particular, more about plants, which is there's, there's ground up grain made into cakes for bread, unleavened bread, and then there is the fruit of the vine, grape, whether it's juice or whether it's wine. Mm-hmm. And those are elemental. And so in two of the core spiritual experiences for Christians are aspects of the elemental. I think it shows that there is not this dichotomy that somehow there is the spiritual life and then there is the material life. Right. Mm-hmm. That we live with this dualism, but rather it is bringing it together in a wholeness. Yeah. That's very interesting. Can I do the... Because that's a verse I've memorized before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can cut this part out, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So go ahead. Okay. We're going to wrap up with a verse that I memorized a long time ago that I um, really love. about, And this goes really well with what we're talking about. It's Psalms 139. And there's a lot of other good stuff in that chapter too. Verse 13 and 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You, for, I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. So I have kind of a combination of it there. But that's a good one to memorize, to remember that God made me. And I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And my soul knows that. I remember like you having us memorize that as kids. Oh, yes, I used to have the kids memorize a lot of stuff. Homeschooling, you know, you can yeah. <laughs> memorize scripture in homeschooling. <laughs> so I just encourage people to take a mindful moment, meditate, and to just, just ask for an awareness of how you flow and how yeah. you connect with and how you stand on, how you're grounded to the material universe because that's how God designed us. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this No God podcast. If you have uh, questions that you'd like answered, just please uh, contact us at nogod at tonykafka.com. 
We're always looking for questions to answer and always looking for ways to encourage uh, you, our listeners. We also want you to know that we have more resources on our website, TonyKafka.com. And from that website, you will also find the uh, link to our Patreon page. Patreon is a creator's page where we add a lot of resources that might be a benefit to you. And so please take a look at that. We have uh, Sandy's blog. We have my blog. We have a, and a writing that we do that's called uh, Journal View, which is taking our journals from either recent or way back in the past and writing about an event and how we learned more about each other and how we grew in our relationship, the challenges that we had, and also how we came to know God better as well. And so take a look at that. It is a tier subscription-based site. And so it has uh, things that are available, including a community channel, which is a way to direct text with us and other Patreons, uh, people on Patreon, as well as uh, some video chats as well in some of the tiers. And so take a look at that at Tony Kafka.